what's going on? Nick Kirby here. Welcome to Chatterbox Reds, proudly sponsored by DSC Commodities. Coming up in just a minute, part two of myself, Craig Salen, Bryce Spaulding, and Mitch giving our over-under predictions for the Reds based on the 2024 Zips projections. Today, we will be tackling the pitchers. Uh, before we get to that, I want to make sure I tell you about our proud sponsor. That is Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks so much, as always, to our friends at DSC. One thing that I did want to mention that I found pretty cool from Thursday, uh, the MLB Network, they do this thing during the offseason where they rank the top 10 players at each position for the upcoming season. Now, I'm not someone who normally puts a lot of stock or really even has all that big of an interest in those rankings, but on Thursday, they listed TJ Friedel as the ninth best center fielder in baseball. I thought that was just really cool for TJ, and uh, honestly, I was very surprised to see him getting that kind of recognition on a national level. TJ, of course, wasn't a super high prospect for the Reds, but he made the most of an opportunity during the Reds' 100-loss season in 2022, and then he followed that up with a remarkable year last year, worth nearly four and a half wins above replacement, just did so many things well for the Reds in 2023. Here is what Brian Kenny on the MLB Network had to say about Friedel on the Top 10 Center Fielder Show. We go to number nine, and it is T.J. Friedel of the Cincinnati Reds, another new player. Friedel, one of those impressive young Reds who broke out last season, an undrafted free agent. He played his first full season last year, played 138 games, came through with a 118 OPS plus with plus base running, stealing 27 bases. Here's a better look at where Friedel stacks up with some of the bigger names at the position. Top 10 in the major hitting categories and number two in base running runs, the overall running base running. All right. Well, now let's get to some over-under predictions for Reds pitchers in 2024. All right. So the pitch, we're going to come out firing with Andrew Abbott. He is projected for 2.1 wins above replacement. 2023 total was 2.2 in 21 starts. Craig, let's start with you on this. Mr. Abbott. 2.1 wins above replacement load control under i mean it's just as simple as that i think uh going back to what i said earlier the pitching staff is really where you're going to start to see this trend present itself but the depth especially when we're talking about these young guys under so uh stuff plus doesn't love andrew abbott and i get that but Stuff Plus also has kind of a, a blind spot for left-handed pitchers and kind of Abbott specifically, too. I went ahead and took the over. I think they're going to rely on him for innings. His uh, The way that F4 is calculated for pitchers doesn't really care all that much about results. So, like, his fly ball issues at Great American might kind of get, like, lost in the wash there. So I think the uh, the strikeouts, he doesn't walk that many people. Uh, his FIP is probably going to be all right. I went ahead and took the over. I went under as well for the same reasons as Craig. I, I think they'll be really smart with how they use uh, Abbott and, and Williamson in particular. Uh, Abbott topped a career high in innings last year, so I think they're going to try to be smart with him in spots and maybe go to a, a Nick Martinez spot start in front of him or maybe a, a shortened start or something like that. So 
I think that he probably gets to 120, 130 innings, but I, I took slight under. Yeah, I'm going the under as well. I just, you know, he made 21 starts last year, which is remarkable to make that many starts in the big leagues in, in, in the year where, you know, he wasn't even on the opening day roster and just barely got to where his projection is. Uh, I expect a little bit of regression. I, I, again, I probably also expect some manipulation with how they'll use him. Uh, so I'm going to take the under on that, but he's, a, he's one of those two that there's a, a pretty wide range of, of outcomes for, for Andrew Abbott uh, next season. I could see Andrew Abbott being a, not maybe the top of the rotation starter, but I could see him like, like being a guy that if the Reds make the playoffs, and they're maybe in a three-game series. I could see him being one of the three guys that gets a start in a playoff game. I could also see Andrew Abbott losing a spot in the rotation. I think it, it could really go go that far with him next year. Um, fascinating player to watch. I honestly player. think you could see both of those scenarios play out next year. I mean, there may be stretches where he's not great and he gets sent out to the minors, and there may be scenarios where he's pitching lights out. I mean... Again, I think a lot of it will have to do with how how much he's used and uh, you know how stretched out he is. But um, there's there's certainly opportunity for both of those to present itself within the same calendar year. Yeah, it's it's nice to be a lone wolf on one. This feels good. I'm gonna try to do this more <laughs> often. <laughs> a lone wolf on the over. It's not not fun Absolutely. to be the over. It's not fun to be the lone wolf on the under because you really kind of like feel like you're disrespecting the man's family and everything. You know, so. All right, Hunter Green, 169 strikeouts last year, 152 and 22 starts. Uh, I just, I, I'm, so I'll start with this one. I'm smashing the over. Uh, I think Hunter Green takes a huge step next year. It just feels like kind of that natural progression. If you kind of look at him and you look at Johnny Cueto and you look at their years, this feels like the year where he should take that next step. Uh, I'm very bullish on Hunter Green. Any, any projection, I'm taking the over on Hunter Green next season. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hunter Green averages around 12 Ks per nine. Uh, in order to hit 169, he has to throw 126 innings. Um, <laughs> I think ultimately, I, everyone on this panel would agree that if everything, not even if everything goes the right way, I mean, if, it doesn't even have to go the right way. Hunter could potentially have an IL stent or something like that and still hit 126 innings. I mean, the way that Hunter throws and his stuff I mean, 169 with a healthy Hunter Green is the question, right? Um, smash, 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 smash. Yeah, this is probably the most like disrespectful line. I mean, he could, like Craig said, if he pitches 150 innings, he's going to strike out 200-plus hitters. Like, it's just what he does. He strikes people out. I mean, his rookie year where he had – legitimately like one and a half good pitches. He struck out 164 dudes in 125 innings. Like he just gets with, he, he makes people uncomfortable in the box. So I'm definitely going over on 169 as well. Yeah. I just, I loved how he ended the season minus that, that one start in, in Cleveland. That was really a stinker, man. He had some great starts. Like that start against Minnesota. I mean, that was, you know, seven innings, three hits, one run, one walk, 14 strikeouts, uh, and that was a playoff, you know, Minnesota Twins team. Uh, I, I just feel like, man, he's he's really close to that next step. And um, if he does, man, uh, it really it, he's another player that really raises the red ceiling. If he if he does take that leap, right, here's a fun one, Nick Mark. Nick. Oh, go ahead, Mitch. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. Uh, so for Green, uh, 
I, uh, I I tried to I tried to split these up even. Right? I tried to go optimistic for half and pessimistic for half. And uh, I was uh, I thought I'd be pessimistic until Craig went out and dropped that stat about how many innings he'd have to pitch to hit that number. And I'm I'm back. I'm over. I'm over on that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Craig talking people into stuff. There we go. What I'm here for. All right, here's, a, here's a fascinating one. Nick Martinez, 4.04 ERA, 2023 total uh, was 3.43. That was in 63 games, um, nine as a starter. This is a fascinating one. I'll start with this. I'm going to take the over just because it seems like a lot of things would have to go right for me. Obviously, he's pitching for the first time in Great America Ballpark. We expect that he's going to be making more than nine starts. How many more than nine starts? I don't know, and I don't think those nine starts were even all nine legitimate starts. I think some of those were as an opener. Um, he, he's one of the, you know, if he's completely used as a reliever, I would smash that, you know, under 4.04. But just with the way the Reds are using him, probably pitching him some as a, as a Ben Lively type role, I just think you're probably going to have your ERA just kind of creep up over 4.04. And not even maybe be your fault, and maybe even be a really good pitcher, and have your ERA be over four point zero four. Mitch, let's go to you next. I'm really curious your thoughts on on this one. Yeah, uh, similar reasons. Uh, I went over on the ERA, kind of similar to why I went uh, under on on Candelario's OPS. I just think there's a thing that happens with free agents that come in. They feel like they have to prove themselves. And to your point about Martinez, he, uh, you know, going from Petco to Great American is not the most easy adjustment in the world, even for a sinker baller like him. I was really tempted to go under, but I went over just to keep myself in check on my uh, optimism. I went under on this one. I'm excited to see how they deploy Martinez. I think they'll be really strategic on who he faces and when he faces them and, and that type of thing. And he may get thrown into a starting position, but I mean, there's, seven guys that realistically are probably going to start games before him this year. So I think they'll be able to use him in that Swiss Army knife role. And, I mean, he had a 3-4-7 last year or two years ago, 3-4-3 last year. I know the, the switch to TABP from Petco is a big deal, but is it a half a run? Probably not. So I, I went under on 4.04. All right, Craig. Yeah, I think it comes down to what role do you think Nick Martinez plays this year? Uh, his ERA as a starter is 4.69 and his ERA as a reliever is 3.24. So ultimately it's going to come down to how much do you think that they're going to use Nick Martinez out of the bullpen versus starting games. For me, I think the depth that they've added, he's certainly going to start games this year. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's enough to take him up over 4.04. I took the under. All right. Frankie Montas, 1.5 wins above replacement. 2023 total was zero because uh, that's because he pitched uh, in a whopping one game. 2022, that total was at uh, 2.0 in 27 starts. Mitch, let's start with you on Frankie Montas. One and a half wins above replacement. Yeah. So I, this weird thing happened with Frankie Montas where I tweeted out like, Oh, it'd be a great idea for some team to sign Frankie Montas to a two-year deal. It'd be a really, really smart thing for someone to do. And then the next day, the Reds signed him to a one-year deal, and everyone's like, oh, man, Mitch must love this signing of Frankie Montas for the Reds. Under. Uh, I, I'm a little worried about the, the injury. The stuff wasn't phenomenal. 
coming back. Uh, I still trust the pitcher. He's got good velocity. He was one of my all-time favorites, like, before the injury happened. I just, you know, I, I got to balance my overs and unders out somewhere. But, uh, yeah, I'm going under on this. I just – injuries scare me, especially shoulders. Bryce, let's go to you. Yeah, and I agree with Mitch. I think the injuries are concerning, but I think that he's going to be healthy. I think the Reds took a good gamble with Montas, and I'm going to go over. Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to health for me. You look back to his last two healthy years, uh, 2022 and 2021, posted F-Wars of 2.0 and 4.0. I'm going to stay optimistic, and I'm going to say that he's going to stay healthy and as a result, he's probably going to put up numbers somewhere in the two and a half to three range. Over. I think this is a good signing by the Reds, even if he like pitches two games and he gets hurt. I mean, I think this is a, the kind of gamble you want with where the Reds are at um, for for you know short term signings. Uh, man, if he does pitch for the Reds, he and, and he stays relatively healthy, uh, another player that really changes the ceiling of this team. I'm going to take the over on this. I mean, it, it's so much health dependent, but. I just feel like he's the kind of guy that that if he is healthy, he's going to get the chances that other younger guys in the rotation aren't going to get. Like the Reds aren't, even if he's make mildly struggling, like he's not going to get demoted um, unless he's like really, really bad when he can't get demoted. But you, you understand what I'm saying? Or, or move to the bullpen or whatever. He's going to get the chances to, to get to, to even back into that 1.5. So I'm going to take the over. I would be shocked if Frankie Montas puts up uh one and a half wins above replacement by the end of May if he stays healthy. Yeah, though. Nick, you were right. The uh, the lone wolf under feels way worse. I don't. I don't it like does. It. It's not fun. It's not <laughs> so fun. <laughs> All right, Graham Ashcraft. I had to go. His like projections are wonky. Like <laughs> I gotta read these. Um, oh boy, it's a long scroll. It's a long scroll. Uh, four point eight one ERA. Like no one's gonna take the the over on that unless you're a really sicko um 7.6 k's per nine that's that's really high for me for ashcraft i i just don't think he gets to that um uh, i i'm gonna take the under i guess when you guys go through this i'm really curious your thoughts overall on graham ashcraft craig let's start with you over under and then your overall just kind of thoughts on on where he's at and how where does he kind of fit in the reds pecking order of the rotation yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, where he fits. I personally actually like Graham Ashcraft uh, as like a middle of the rotation guy. Um, one of the things that'll be interesting to me for the Reds this year is that you've got two guys in Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo who, if healthy, have shown the ability to be top of rotation guys. But then they have five or six or seven guys who could be middle of rotation guys. So I think the depth is really good. Uh, for the Reds across the board, and and I like where Ashcraft fits into that. If you look at Ashcraft's stats from last year when he was really on a roll from June 30th on until his injury, uh, 12 starts, 76 and two-thirds innings, 2.58 ERA, right? Like all of those are amazing numbers, 6.9 Ks per nine. How we get to 7.6 as a projection is beyond me. <laughs> I love Graham Ashcraft, just not his game. So for me, I went under, despite the fact that I think Graham Ashcraft can have a phenomenal year. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Greg. I went under as well. But 
the thing that Ashcraft has done that is, is going to elevate himself is get an actual swing and miss pitch, and that's his slider. His slider is a, a legitimate good pitch, and if he can, can figure out the whole cutter-sinker situation, which way the ball's going, I think he can have a really good year. And, and a good year for him is going to be probably 165, 170 innings of a 4-2, 4-3 ERA. So um, I think that his expectations are a little bit different than than Green and Lodolo because those guys have legitimate like top-of-the-rotation stuff, and Ashcraft does as well. But his his as Craig talked about, that's not his game to go out and strike out 14 over seven innings like Green can over a really good lineup. So um very optimistic about Ashcraft, but like Craig said, the seven point six is is so far and beyond of who he is. Mitch. Yeah, man, I'm just I'm piling up these lone wolves. I'm taking the over. Uh oh. not a not a lot of rationale behind it, more just a vibes thing. Uh Graham Ashcraft struck people out coming up. He had over a 10K9 in AA. The guy is a power strikeout pitcher. He uh, he has a curveball in his arsenal. There's Eno Saris has reported on it. It's been mentioned a few times. I think adding a fourth pitch into his pitch mix can unlock a, a lot of ways for him to pitch to two different types of hitters. So I'm taking the over. And then something Craig mentioned as well, there's a world where he maybe gets thrown into a bullpen role. And I think his K9 would skyrocket in that situation as well. So I'm taking the over. And uh we're me and me and no other wolves are out here riding, man. Lone wolves. I love it. I love it. I, I honestly put that in there because I thought this will give us all an easy under so we can kind of keep it balanced. But <laughs> Mitch, Mitch, I love it. Going out the vibes pick. I didn't, I did not, I expected a vibes pick from Craig, but not from Mitch. And you know what? You're full of surprises. <laughs> I'm not right. sure if I'm supposed to be offended by that comment or what. <laughs> Craig, I mean, I know I'm not the stats guy. Don't get me wrong. Craig, but. all my all my picks are vibes, buddy. So that was <laughs> that was not a knock. All right, Brandon Williamson. This is a tough one. This I, I'll say this is one of the tougher ones, at least for me. 1.2 WAR, uh, 2023 total is 1.8 in 23 starts. Just who has any idea how Brandon Williamson is used? Mitch, I'm going to let you be the first one to try to figure that out for us. I was hoping I wouldn't have to go first. So <laughs> I, uh, Craig talked me out of my Hunter Green under. So I got to, I got to get my balance back from my optimism and my pessimism. So I was initially over on this one, but I'm flipping to under. Uh, for the reason being, I just don't totally know if the innings are there. Uh, I think Williamson's projected to be out of the rotation right now. I think he can be effective, used in different roles, but, uh, the jury's still out, you know, whether they'll need him and how he'll adjust that kind of spot and flux. So I'll take the under. Craig. Yeah. I mean, the innings is certainly a question. Um, if you look at the great stretch that he had in July and August last year, uh, he had like a 3.15 ERA during that stretch. Um, but he had a win probability added of just over one. Uh, and so I, I personally find it hard to believe that, that B will repeats the success that he had last year. I think a lot of people were su surprised when he had the success last year. Um, so I'm not really sure how we can project that he would maintain that. Uh, not to mention the fact that just his role is undefined. I think like, like Mitch said, he's probably sixth right now on the rotational depth chart, uh, depending on how you look at it, uh, maybe seventh. 
but just from an innings perspective, I find it hard to believe that he's going to get the performance that he would need and the innings. So just uh, under on this one, but I do agree that it's a tough decision. Bryce? Yeah, I went under as well. Um, he's a guy that what he did last year doesn't feel overly repeatable in, in many ways. And he had the struggle. He struggled really, really bad in, in AAA uh, with the Reds here. So um, obviously he pitched really well in, in the big leagues, and that's really all that matters. Nobody cares about minor league numbers as long as you perform in the big leagues. But um, I'm not totally convinced that's fully who he is. Um, so I think with kind of the up in the air role and who he is, he's not a bullpen guy, in my opinion. I, I think that he's a guy that you have to have as depth. And I think that's what the Reds view him as. So that's why they went out and, and kind of replaced him per se. Um, so I, I went under as well. So harsh. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the under on this one. I I, I don't want to. Um, man, Williamson was awesome like down the stretch for the Reds after um, he kind of really got his, his feet under him. Uh, he was really, really good for several months as a big league pitcher. I, I don't know what to expect out of him. I had zero. I, I, I feel like I had negative expectations when they called him up. I was like, okay, great. Let's give him a shot. Like he's probably a failed prospect at this point. And man, he, he shoved and, and showed, you know, shut us all up last year. I hope he does that again. Uh, I just, I can't, reasonably project that that he does go over that's kind of where i'm at but I, I love what he did i love that you have this guy as as an option in depth um i, I i'm just more than anything i'm just so excited the reds have like eight or nine legitimate starting pitching options going into the season i just think that that makes everything about this team so much different than any team in a really really long time maybe since like the 2020 season they could even go out and sign Luis Sessa tomorrow, too. So available. <laughs> you heard it here first. Last time last time Mitch uh, broke some pitching news, it came true the next day. So look I out, disavow that one. I disavow that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alexis Diaz, 4.3 walks per nine. Last year was 4.8. Does Alexis Diaz finally you know, kind of get his walks, the only part of his game really to this point that hasn't been – great uh zips does not like alexis diaz i mean for i guess the perception projecting a 3.90 era i obviously didn't go with that one because i think we all would probably say that's probably a pretty easy under I i'm gonna take the under on this one fellas i i i want to believe um but that's it's just too long of a track record of of walking guys and hey to his credit he's found a way to be effective still walking guys i hope that he can improve but i'm I'm not going to bank on it. So you're under meaning lesser, less, yeah, worse, worse, worse. So over four point three. Yes, a pessimistic okay. over. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I guess I should have clarified that. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess over is 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 the right word. He will not. He will be higher than four point three. Yeah. Let's go higher or lower. That that might be the easier way to do this. Mitch, higher or lower, 4.3 walks. Have we been doing this wrong the whole time? I've always just been going over the number or below the number. So that's, that's what is, Nick, is Nick just using over, under as like a positive or negative thing? <laughs> that's Nick's how it, in my <laughs> whatever it comes down to is what he's going to do, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have a transcript. We have a transcript that you had to, you had to give some rationale. Mitch? I uh, I took the higher number. I took the pessimistic over. Uh, 
I don't know about you guys, but as the season went on, did it seem like Alexis Diaz was getting better control? I didn't really think so. Uh, I don't really, I didn't really see a reason to think he's going to beat his previous numbers and walk rate. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going the higher number than what is listed. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a pretty, pretty easy one in my opinion. If a guy shows you who he is at age 27 or 26 or whatever he was, it's probably who he is. So. Like you said, he can still be effective. He's been effective. So I think he's going to be fine. I think some are pretty worried about him. And I, I don't think it's an okay thing to be worried about him. And that's probably why the Reds have added and continue to add bullpen arms. So um, I think he's going to be the Reds closer for 2024. But there may be some times where he does not finish the game there. So we'll see. Craig? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... 4.8 last year, 4.7 the year before. I mean, his attack, the way he attacks batters is outside the zone and getting them to to try to um, to reach. So I, I don't necessarily see that changing in any way. I don't know why it would. It's, it's worked for him. Um, my projection for Alexis Diaz is uh, all-star closer to not the closer at all this year. So um, I think the Reds are going to go closer by committee. So I think he will pick up some close, some saves this year. Um, but I think that the bullpen has added some arms with some stuff that I think in end games. Um, I also think that they saw some things out of guys last year that will show potential. Um, but I think that the depth that they have uh, uh, is going to give an opportunity to really play matchups here at the end of the game uh, in 2024. And so for me, uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Alexis Diaz pick up saves. Don't get me wrong, but he's not going to be your everyday closer. Um, I don't think he changes his approach to pitching at all because it's worked for him. Uh, the question that Nick and I spoke about multiple times during the season last year was when are teams going to realize that 90% of pitches from Alexis Diaz are outside of the zone? That may happen this year. It may not. Um, we'll see. But if teams ever decide to just go up there and not swing at Alexis Diaz, that walk number might be infinity. That's fair. I like yeah. that thing, Craig. That's yeah. I, I'm concerned a little bit on Diaz. I, I don't know if I'm necessarily that far. Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, I think your, your points are valid. Don't get me wrong. The one thing he has, he has not given up home runs at the big league level. I mean, uh, up 0 0.7 in 2022 last year. Uh, which he didn't have as good of an ERA it was 0 0.5. So, you know, half a home run per nine innings. Uh, that is a huge reason why he's been such an effective closer is that he just doesn't give up the home run ball. And, and that might be the, honestly, the biggest difference between him and Lucas Sims is that Lucas Sims has kind of struggled giving up those home runs in, in those situations. Um, I want to, I want to go around the room on this. Maybe your concern level with Alexis Diaz from a one to 10 I'm going to put it at a five. I'm going to be right there in the middle. Uh, I think he is the, the closer going into opening day. I think it's possible that that Sims or Pagan or, or even someone else maybe steps up and, and does, you know, take that or it does become a closer by committee, like Craig said. But I'm going to put it at five. Bryce, where are you at on one to one to ten? Yeah, I'm probably at like a seven overall. Okay. Um, some interesting numbers is from July on. So July till the end of the season, 31 innings pitched. He only struck out 29 guys and walked 17. That's an 8.33 K per nine and a 4.88 walk per nine. Like those are numbers that 
you don't feel overly comfortable with in the ninth inning. You want very minimal base runners. And it felt like from July on, it was two or three base runners every inning. And he was trying to work out of something or Cruz had to come in or Maul had to come in. So um, I'm like a, probably a seven or an eight, but I mean, I still like him. I think he's a quality reliever. Mitch, one at 10. Five. I, I, I haven't thought about him much this off season. I'll be totally honest. I know, I know there was a little skid at the end of the year. I think he was gassed. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of experience throwing that many innings. So I think he'll come out starting the year strong and we'll see what happens after that. Hopefully he's building up some durability, but I, I haven't used too much thought on Alexis Diaz this offseason. Maybe I should have, but I'm, I'm a five. Craig, what was your number? Um, I don't know that concerns the right num the right word for for me with Alexis Diaz. Like, I'm not necessarily concerned about the stuff or his ability to get out. I just think that he needs to be put in the right position to do it. And I think that in 2023, teams were adjusting to his approach. And I think that being able to put him in better positions will allow him to pitch Alexis Diaz's game rather than having to adjust to the, to the batters or the, the opposing team. Um, I, I concern is like a three. I just don't think that his, I just don't think he's going to be needed in the same type of role that he was last year. Um, and I think, Again, I'm going to talk about it a lot, of, a lot, but I just think that the depth is going to permit guys to be put in positions to be successful that they've shown in the past that they're able to be successful in. I, I would be a little concerned on Alexis Diaz, how he would accept a not, – not like maybe not, – I'm not saying like he's going to throw a temper tantrum if he's removed from the closer role, but how would he adjust is maybe the, the right way to say this if you did move him out of the closer role because he seems to really – embrace that like his brother's the big closer has the big interest he wants to be that guy I, I almost feel like he could be one of those players that could maybe lose a little bit of his of what makes him good if you did move him into like a seventh inning guy or something like that but to Mitch's well, to Mitch's point I, I do think that the the games number is very important to look at with Lexus Diaz 2019, he only threw 25 games or 27, counting the two levels. Was that 2021? He only threw 35 games. 2022 was 59, and then 2023 was 71. So that's a huge increase in workload. And he was the guy as the closer. And you know, remember he was so dominant. Like what was it? 21, 22 saves in a row, something like that. And and the Reds needed every single one of those to stay in the race and, and really relied on him and the bullpen so heavily. So I'm interested to see if maybe, you know, you're, you have Pagan to where we don't have to, you know, remember there was times last year where it, David Bell didn't want to use Alexis Diaz. Like it was pretty clear, like going into like this eighth and ninth inning, he wanted to avoid using him. And then things got away from the bullpen and he ended up throwing him in there. And it felt like every time it backfired, but I don't think you'll maybe see those games next year, and I wonder if avoiding that will help him stay on track a little bit more throughout the season. Craig. So I think when you look at last year um, and you talked about how is Alexis Diaz going to respond to maybe not being the everyday closer, to me, Alexis Diaz can be your high-leverage guy, right? And that doesn't necessarily have to be in a closing role. I think 
when you have a closer like Alexis Diaz was last year, especially early on in the year, you probably felt like, okay, he's got to throw the ninth inning. He's got to pick up the save, and that's what his role is going to be. But when you look at the numbers last year, his high leverage numbers were amazing. I mean, he gave up five uh, OPS of 565. His batting average against was 184. His I'm going to talk about these these uh, these stats later on as well, but his his SOPS plus, which is basically his OPS plus in that split specifically compared to the league, was a a, a 56. Which for a pitcher you want it to be below 100. 100 is the league average, and so for him to be a 56 in high leverage situations compared to low leverage situations where he gave up a batting average against a 237 an OPS of 817 and an SOPS of 125. Now you look at Alexis Diaz as your high leverage guy. And in situations where you need a big out, that's where you can bring in Alexis Diaz and not be afraid to burn him in the seventh because you have other guys that you trust in the ninth. And so for me, when I talk about putting people in positions to be successful, Alexis Diaz is a high leverage pitcher. He's still going to walk guys. He's, he walked um, 23 guys in 185 plate appearances. So whatever that math works out to be, um, it's still a little bit higher than you would like to see. But at the end of the day, when uh, he only gave up 22 runs total in those high leverage situations, and you got to imagine that of the 71 uh games that he pitched in last year i would imagine 50 plus of those were high leverage and to only give up 22 runs in those situations probably um shows you some confidence in his ability to handle those situations so for me alexis diaz becomes your high leverage or mid leverage uh situation guys because you trust guys in the ninth inning good points all right uh nick ladolo 10.8 strikeouts per nine uh, last year was 12.3 in seven starts. I'll start out. I'll smash the over on anything Nick Lodolo, especially if it's a percentage number. Uh, I'm super high on Lodolo. I just I, I say a prayer every night before I go to bed that that he can stay healthy because if he stays healthy, he's an elite major league pitcher, and I'm as confident in that as anything else. Uh, Bryce? Yep, big time over. He just strikes people out. It's what he does. He's out. What he's always done: college, minor leagues, big leagues. He strikes people out. So easy over ten point eight for me. Easy over for me as well. You mentioned twelve point three last year, eleven point four the year before. Um, obviously, some concern with the injury, uh, which is to his left lower leg. So there's questions about his ability to push off, and will that be affected long term? Um, but when you look at Lodolo's numbers, I mean, he's got a pick. A pitch mix that doesn't necessarily require him to be you know a hard thrower i mean his average fastball last year was 94 which is a little bit above league average 52nd percentile it's not like he has to blow guys blow it by guys in order to get strikeouts where with hunter green you see him get a lot of those strikeouts on fastballs you don't necessarily see that with nick lodolo so um i blast the over on this because the injury and even if he has to maybe address his his approach doesn't change his ability to get guys out via the strikeout yeah uh i went over similar reasons for everybody uh it was nice that this one was innings agnostic so uh <laughs> the uh he's just never had a k9 that low in his entire career i'm kind of not sure where that number came from so i'm taking the over yeah this was definitely felt like one of the most disrespectful yeah. ones out there 
it's All interesting. Right. There's some lines that are like so disrespectful, especially to Lodolo and Green. I mean, we talked about both of them at this point that are super disrespectful, but it's just the uncertainty of the injury. But when you're talking about stats where innings don't matter to put a guy that low is is asinine. And then we're gonna we're gonna turn the tables and talk about <laughs> a line that, in my opinion, is un unbelievably high. So here we go. All right, Connor Phillips, 1.0 wins above replacement. I'll start out. I just, it, it's hard to project that he gets enough starts. Um, just when you're looking at the Reds' depth right now, if he gets one, it's because there's a, was a, a lot of injuries, probably, in my opinion. I'm really high on Phillips. I, I think he's got a bright future. I think he's, he's maybe got a higher ceiling than a lot of the other guys, like maybe even Abbott and maybe even Ashcraft. I'll even go that far. I just don't know if it's in the cards in 2024. Craig? Yeah, I mean, I, I teased it there a little bit, but like I literally wrote down in my notes, where is this line coming from? Um, on the depth chart right now, I think he's probably eighth or ninth in terms of in line to get a start. Doesn't mean he's not going to. I expect to see him at some point during 2024, but to expect him to get enough starts to accumulate a 1.0 war from a guy who averaged 5.7 walks per nine in 2023 is really hard to believe. Um, I, I just, you know, bringing him up for some spot starts here and there, I, I think would be fine for the Reds, but I just, he's not going to pitch enough to accumulate a 1.0 war. Over. Oh, I, I love it. And I think that because if it's August and Connor Phillips has made 20 starts in the minor leagues and, the other guys are healthy. If Frankie Montas is having a good year, and maybe Nick Martinez goes down, I think Connor Phillips goes finishes the year in the bullpen and maybe maybe turns into like that star guy that just comes in and just can dominate for one or two innings at a time and just blow out this stuff. Plus that just insane stuff. I mean, you'll hear like our project earlier, but I mean, just ridiculous stuff. Three plus pitches. He just brings everything to the table. He's such a unique pitching prospect because if he just has Dylan C's command and everybody bags on Dylan C's for his command, but if he just has Dylan C's command, he could legitimately be a top of the rotation guy. So I'm going to go over. I think the Reds are going to get creative with Connor Phillips in 2024. All right. Love it, Mitch. Uh, I like the idea behind what Bryce said. I took the under just to balance out my optimism and my pessimism. I just, I don't think the innings are there. I don't think the way that F4 is calculated is going to love how many people he walks. I think that's going to take a little bit into a factor into his final war number. So I'm taking the under, uh, but that doesn't change at all how excited and optimistic I am about Phillips long-term. All right, next up, Fernando Cruz, 4.14 ERA last year, 4.91 in 58 games. Mitch, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, I I thought something broke and you input the wrong number. Uh, I took the under. I put it in so fast that I almost forgot the line was even there. Yeah, give me the under on Cruz. I love Fernando Cruz. Uh, if you're looking for that guy who might sneak up on Diaz and take some of those high leverage innings, that might be your guy. Same exact thoughts. Way under. I think he's, my, he's the Reds' best reliever by June 1st. All right. Love it, Craig. Uh okay, four point nine one in twenty twenty three. Craig, get out of reality, man! Come on. 
here's here's where I go back to depth, baby, and putting pitchers in position to be successful. Fernando Cruz in 2023 faced 279 batters. It was a pretty even split between left-handers and right-handers. Right-handers 151, left-handers 128. Here's the difference. Right-handed batters, 196 batting average, 601 OPS. Left-handed batters, 232 batting average, 733 OPS. OPS plus, SOPS plus, 64 against right-handed batters, 99 against left-handed batters. Fernando Cruz may not face more than like 20 left-handed batters this year. I'm going way under. There we go. All right. Uh, was this the best 4.91 ERA season ever from a Reds reliever? Uh, <laughs> Didn't he have one really bad blow up? <laughs> well, well, his ERA up through his last three starts of the year, just taking all the last three games of the year, was 4.43. He gave up three and then a five earned run to end the year and kind of inflated it a lot at the end. Uh, Fernando Cruz is a guy that I could really see. I, I could see Fernando Cruz being DFA'd at the end of next year. If I, I could see Fernando Cruz being the closer for the Reds. I think he has that high of a variance. He's just a pitcher that kind of came out of nowhere. His stuff's electric. Um, he does walk too many guys. I, I just, I, I, he's a guy that, that fascinates me. Um, and I could just really see his career. You see this with relievers like this. It, it, he's like, he's like kind of at that fork. Is he going to become the next, you know, incredible story and, and a dominant reliever? Or is he just going to kind of fade away? And that was a blip on the radar. I'm taking the under. I just think that number is really high for what I believe Fernando Cruz can be, but I'm cautiously taking the over on that one. So, Ooh, wait, over as a uh, better? I keep, screw, I keep screwing this up. I'm taking lower, <laughs> lower. I should have lower than a 4.14 ERA. Better, better. All right, Lion Richardson. Real, real quick, before we go, go real quick. So I talked about leverage earlier. Let's talk about leverage with Fernando Cruz. So low leverage situations, batting average against 257, OPS 813. SOPS plus 121 in low leverage situations. High leverage situations, batting average against 150, OPS of 533, SOPS plus of 49. So another situation where, you know, that game at the end of the year against Seattle or uh, St. Louis when he gave up those five runs was in a mop-up role where he had to come in and pitch a complete inning despite his blow-up. Uh, because the game was already out of hand. So that's not the role that Fernando Cruz is going to have to take on this team. He's not going to have to face you know those long innings, and he's going to be able to get out of there if that does happen before the blow-up really gets too bad. So uh, put Fernando Cruz in some high-leverage situations. He's going to succeed. Uh, I reiterate, this is below by maybe half a point plus. All right. Love it. All right. Fernando Cruz. I'm excited. I, I do love watching Fernando Cruz pitch. I just think he's, uh, he's just a fun, he's a fun dude, especially when he's on. Um, and, and I, the, the weird thing is, is uh, I loved him so much when the Reds use him as an opener, but like, feels like, well, they don't really need that now. Now knock on wood. Maybe they do at some point. 
I feel like he really thrived in that opener, like two inning role. Uh, I, I really, really loved him in that. All right. Um, let's go through a couple of these a little quicker. Let's go through the next two quick. Uh, Lion Richardson, 0. 0.04 wins above replacement. He was negative uh, 0. 0.04 in four starts last year. Um, I'll start. I just, I think he's kind of at a point where he's going to pitch enough in the big leagues just because he's kind of has gone through so much that I don't think he's going to be a guy that they're going to stash. Either they're going to bring him up and throw him in different roles. I think he's good enough to accumulate more than just that 0.4. I feel like that's just too disrespectful to go under that. Craig? Wow. Um, I legitimately wrote that if we see Lyon Richardson in the big leagues this year, something went significantly wrong. Uh, I mean, I, I think he's easily ninth or 10th on the depth chart in terms of a starting pitcher. I think he's easily behind three or four guys from a reliever standpoint that'll have to start in the minors. Like it, if we see Lyon Richardson this year, I'll be already over the year because it means that things have gone so wrong. Wow. <laughs> I can see him making the opening day bullpen. You sir, I mean, this, this guy was love Lyon Richardson. <laughs> he was elite in the minor leagues last and year. And he, he can stay there. Nick. He there. can stay there. All right. All right. Bryce, where are you going with this? Yeah, I'm going under too. I'm probably, besides Craig, I may be the lowest person in the Reds fan base on Lyon Richardson. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. The, the walks concern me. He even walked, he walked so many people in AAA too when he went down after he was in the big leagues. Like, I don't know if it was a mental thing. I don't know if he got to the big leagues and just the stuff wasn't as good as he maybe thought and, and people weren't fooled by a changeup as much. And I think he's just, he's got to find that next pitch to take a step. So I don't think we see him enough to even accumulate 0.0 more. So I'm with Craig. I'll go under as well. Well, Mitch. I'm closer to Nick's optimism with Lyon, but I am taking the under. I just don't trust the innings. I don't really trust the role. The walks are going to hurt the war calculation. So yeah, I'm, I'm taking the under. All right. All right. We'll see. I, I do think some of the end of the year was just a guy that hadn't pitched that that long and you know coming back and I don't know I, I like I like Lyon. It'll DJ. be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, he he pitched pretty well in A ball and Double A ball. I mean, he's a guy who's moved up the ranks so quickly, um, but his Triple A numbers were not good. I think the Reds are going to want to see a lot more out of him in the minors before they make any sort of move like that. To put to project him on the opening day roster is I I not no 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 I didn't project, <laughs> I did not project I'm saying it's possible now that this would be several injuries happening to get him to this point and him sure. having a phenomenal spring on top of that I'm just saying I think it is like possible that 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 he could be a guy that does sneak onto an opening day roster pigs do uh, fly in Cincinnati we'll see. We're a little bit different there. All right, TJ Anton, a guy we're all rooting for, 8.4 Ks per nine. Uh, Zips hates him, like, ERA-wise. Uh, last year was 11.12 in his very small sample. 2021, he was over 11 as well. I'm taking the over on this. Um, I don't know if I expect uh, a lot out of TJ Anton. I think anything he gives the Reds is gravy, but the strikeout number, I think he's going to get over this. Craig? Um, I love tj antone like 
like you said, I think every single person in Cincinnati is reading for this guy. Um, he's been over 11 every year of his career. I mean, obviously the, the Tommy John will bring a lot into question and then obviously had to end the year on the IL again with more stiffness in the forearm, I believe is what they called it or fatigue. I don't remember exactly, but, um, so it's definitely something to, to monitor, um, but he's got the stuff to for strikeouts. I mean, this is this is a pretty easy over for me. Yeah, if it was innings, I'm probably more hesitant. But with it being a number that is feasible by one inning, I think that he'll go over that. Lone wolf and a negative under again. I am. I get the hesitation with this number. It's a strange number. If you were taking the SAT and you saw all of his K-9s in a row and you saw this one, you'd say that one looks nothing like those. I'm not picking that one. But uh, his stuff was not the same when he came back, and his K-9 number in five innings really kind of hid that. When you look at his AAA numbers in K-9, they were right around this 8.4 to 8.8. I can't remember the exact number, but it was in that range against AAA hitters in a larger amount of innings. His fastball velocity was down. The curveball wasn't really the TJ Antone, Captain Hook, you know. I love the guy. I think he's awesome. I am trying to win this competition, so I'm taking the under. Cutthroat, cutthroat. Tell I'm going to go, go right back to you. I'll let you start off with Emilio Pagan, a 9.1 K per nine. Last year was only 8.4 in 66 games. What say you, Mitch? Yeah. So Pagan Pagan changed. He's not he, he's a different type of pitcher than he was when he was posting double digit K9s. And that's this is a larger beef I have with old Dan from Zips. But uh I took the under, but it doesn't mean I'm not optimistic on Emilio Pagan. The way that he finds success now is through his cutter, which isn't as much of a strikeout pitch, but it's more of a ground ball pitch. So I'm taking the under. I think the Reds are going to steer hard into that new sort of pitching style with him. So if there were an ERA projection, I'd be under. But the K-9 projection, I am pessimistically under, if that makes sense. Yeah. Bryce? Yeah, I think exactly what Mitch said. He, he did tweak his arsenal to, to get off the barrel a little bit more, and that's it worked. So he pitched a lot of innings, and he didn't strike out as many guys, but – he was way more effective, and the underlying metrics pointed to a quality year as well. So I'll go, I guess, optimistic, optimistically under that number. I think he'll be good, but I don't know if he'll be 8.9 Ks per nine or 9.1 Ks per nine. Craig? Yeah, I mean, he, uh, it's exactly what you guys have said. He tweaked his, his pitch mix. I think him and DJ working together is going to be great. Um the the ground ball rate is why he makes sense for great american ballpark so i mean i expect them to lean into that and for this number to be under i'm gonna take the over uh six years uh, in the big leagues every single year was over before last year i, I understand that he might have tweaked something but i don't think 8.4 and in 9.1 are really that all all that far apart um i think he might as the season goes on pitching at great american ballpark might you know, try to strike out guys a little bit more, um, especially, you know, when he you know goes out and gives up his first cheap home run. I, I think just the, the, the long-term struck out more. I think he'll find a way to sneak over that, that 9.1 mark. 
All right, we got a couple more here. Ian Jabot, the most di- maybe one of the most disrespectful ones. 4.65 ERA projection, 3.33. Ian Jabot had a 3.33 ERA in 74 games last year. Smash the lower than a 4.65 ERA. Smash the under ERA on Ian Jabot. Craig? I mean, the, the question comes down to, do you believe that Jabot and DJ figured it out, or do you believe that Jabot just had a had a year that defies all logic? Um, either way, 4.65 is so disrespectful that I think you have to go under. Bryce? Yeah, he's been under 4.5 or 4.65 the last two years and pretty much regular workloads, 36 innings in 2022. 75 innings last year so i'll go under i think he regresses a little bit i don't think he's a 3-3 guy but i think he's closer to like a 3-7-3-8 guy that can pitch quite literally every other game so hey he's a very valuable reliever mitch yeah we uh we got accused of not interacting with the chat so i'm just going to agree with the chat here i'm going to take the under on the era for the british bulldog Jabot is elite. We love Jabot time. So there we go. <laughs> shout out Steinman. Shout out Mark Fetters. <laughs> Jabot season. All right. Lucas Sims, 10.8 K per nine. Last year he was at 10.6 and 67 games. Um, I'm I'll start off taking the over. Uh, I love Lucas Sims. Uh, he just he's been so close to like that next step of of a really good solid reliever to a dominant reliever. Um, I don't know if we'll get all the way there, but I think it's a little bit more than he was last year. Give me the over on Lucas Sims. K per nine. Craig? Yep. I go back to uh, the whole leverage conversation that we've had. He had an SOPS plus of 50 in those situations with a 544 OPS. Uh, 2023 was a 10.2 K per nine. Uh, but again, the depth of this pitching staff puts him in position uh, where he can be the strikeout machine that we knew and loved from 2019 to 2021, where he had a K-9 of 11.9 or better every year. Bryce? Yeah. Driveline Lucas Sims gets me so excited. <laughs> he, he's going to go way over that number, like 12 for 9. All right, Mitch? I'll, I'll one-up Bryce. We'll go Driveline walk year impending free agent Lucas Sims has be very excited. His uh his numbers last year were actually a little grosser than I thought they would be. The uh like the stuff plus was phenomenal, but like I was shocked his K9 was that low and his walk rate was that high. Maybe because I put the rose colored glasses on because I just love watching him pitch. But uh yeah I took the over on the K9 there. Sims did have a wild year because for he's had so many years like in 2021 like his uh, his peripherals were way, way better than his actual ERA. And then last year, his ERA was down at 3.10. They got a 4.37 FIP. It like completely flipped on him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what he levels out at. Because his years have really kind of been all over the place in terms of his actual ERA and his peripherals. But, yeah, I uh, good point on the, 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 the being, you know, I'm one of the only free agents for the Reds. Um, expect big things. All right, the last one. And it's the only innings one, just because I thought this was interesting. Sam Mole, 
51 in two thirds innings last year was up at 62 and a third. Mitch, I'll let you hit lead off on this one. Reading from my notes. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Over. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to need them. We'll take the over. Bryce? <laughs> yeah. The only thing I did research wise for this was look up how many innings Alex Young threw last year. And he threw 53. So, hey, Alex Young was hurt for a month too, I think. So, We'll go way over that. I'll probably be closer to 60, I would think. All right. Here's my notes. Alex Young appeared in 14 games after the Sam Mall trade. Uh, he was on the IL for a significant amount of time from that. Uh, for that, though, he had uh, back spasms that put him out for nine days. He had a hamstring injury that knocked him out for 14 days. He had his COVID IL stent, uh, plus his ERA was over nine during that time period. Um Healthy Alex Young takes away innings from Sam Mall. They also added Suter, who takes away innings from Sam Mall. Uh, last year, Sam Mall, 54 Reds games after the trade. He appeared in 25 of those, 24 and two-thirds innings pitched, 0. .456 innings pitched per game, which would be 74 innings over the course of the year. I find it hard to believe that Alex Young and Suter don't take 20 of those away from him. I went under. Craig last last year him he was legitimately the only left-handed pitcher the reds had for 90 percent of the games that he was with them so take that for what it's worth yeah i, I do agree i don't think he's used as much as he was with the reds but he also early years with the a's which they could use him just whenever they felt like it because they weren't competing for anything i think he's sne- i think he gets over this um it, it might be kind of one of those like you know gross overs where like he just kind of you know limps over the finish line but it just it feels too low for for me just based on like kind of what he did last year but yeah we'll see well fellas this has been um this has been a lot of fun appreciate you guys jumping on with this thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of chatterbox reds we can't tell you enough how much we appreciate all of your support if you've not yet subscribed to chatterbox reds on your favorite podcast platform What are you waiting for? Do it right now. During spring training and the regular season, we are the only Reds podcast that will have new episodes after every single game, and we will have plenty of off-season coverage between now and then, so be sure to stay tuned. Also, I ask one one small plea of you. If you could just please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I can't tell you how much that helps us grow the show helps us beat the algorithm and all that kind of stuff. So please, quick five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast, and we would really, really appreciate that. Also, make sure you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so you can join us live after every single Reds game in 2024 and be a part of the conversation. Hit the bell up in the top right corner and turn on notifications so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. And before I let you go, I do want to tell you about some other great content that we do have here on Chatterbox Sports. First off, our flagship show, Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. That is 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday, on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Tom and the guys tackle all sorts of sports topics from NFL, NBA, college hoops, college football, and beyond. Uh, Tom and the guys have a lot of fun, always with a Cincinnati flavor with their sports talk, but they also... Talk about all the national stories and everything you need to know as well. 
That's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube, also available everywhere that you get podcasts. And then our newest show, Chatterbox Bearcats, with host Chuck Walter. Uh, Chuck was uh, on Reds Live for a while, uh, did a really great job with that, has a ton of media experience, and he is a big-time host. Him and his friend Houdini host this show covering UC Sports. They go live on YouTube after every single UC basketball game. Their show has really been growing as UC is their first season in the Big 12. So be sure to check out Chatterbox Bearcats. That's on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. And then Chatterbox Bearcats, also available everywhere that you get podcasts. And then lastly, be sure to check out the Chatterbox Shop. That is on www.chatterboxsports.com. All kinds of great merchandise for you. Um, really, really cool stuff that uh, the folks there continue to put out. So be sure to check out. That's on chatterboxsports.com. Links to all of the things that I just talked about are in the episode notes today below. So be sure to check that out. And again, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope that you have a fantastic day. And as always, and most importantly, go Reds.